Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Isn't She Powerful podcast. I am so thankful that you guys are here this week. I have had a ton of people come over from TikTok and from the free Croctober group that I'm running this month, and I've just received so much love and support in the last, like, week, and honestly, it feels really great, and I'm just really thankful to be doing this work and to be helping people build sustainable, healthy habits and create a life and a body that they feel comfortable with, and it's just really, really cool to have you guys here with me. And speaking of creating a life and a body that you feel comfortable with, I wanted to kick off October with a conversation around food and how so many of us have broken relationships with food that leave us feeling guilty about everything that we eat and keep us from enjoying food. Food becomes this monster that's constantly in our ear talking about what we can and can't eat and how it's going to make us look and how bad we are for eating certain things and that's not the purpose of food and that's not the relationship that we should have with food. October ends obviously with a very fun holiday, Halloween, and in college Halloween meant dressing up in really tiny little outfits and going out with your friends which of course meant dieting the entire month leading up to that so that you looked great in your tiny little outfit. And for me at least, as I got older, Halloween changed a little bit and became something that meant surrounding yourself with candy that you couldn't or at least shouldn't eat. And then of course, eating it and feeling so bad about yourself whenever you finally did eat it, right? So I thought, what a great time to talk about how we can heal our relationship with food, stop overeating the things that we say that we'll never eat, and then stop beating ourselves up over something as unimportant as the food that we choose to eat each day. Welcome to the Isn't She Powerful podcast. I'm your host, Laura B., health coach, educator, and founder of the Be Healthy Lifestyle. I'm here to bring you all of the health education and motivation so that you can sign off each week feeling equipped and empowered to tackle all of your health goals. Come along with me as I teach you the basics of healthy living so that you can have everyone in your life saying, isn't she powerful? So a few years ago, and if you've listened to a couple of my other podcast episodes, I talked about this, but a few years ago, I was in a really negative place whenever it came to especially sweets, but really food in general. I would beat myself up over every single thing that I put in my body. I would wake up every morning and tell myself I was going to be good that day, and then the afternoon would come. I would end up eating all the things that I said that I wouldn't eat. I would eat so much of them that I would end up feeling sick, and then I would feel bad and cry every single evening, and then the next day it would just kind of start all over again. And that was the the cycle that was going on for me for a long time, like probably six to eight months. And during that time, peanut butter kind of became my alternative. I was telling myself, if if you don't eat chocolate, you can eat peanut butter when you get home because in my mind, peanut butter was healthy. It was a good thing for me to eat peanut butter and chocolate was bad. It was a bad thing for me to eat chocolate. And 
I would get home in the afternoons and I would the whole drive home I would just be thinking about that peanut butter just thinking about it and then I would get home I would get the biggest spoon that we had I would dip it into the peanut butter and I would just eat peanut butter right off the spoon and I would end up going back for more and more spoon after spoon and then I would end up eating to the point of feeling sick and at first I didn't associate the two things like I was like why do I feel sick every single day and then I started to realize oh it's because I'm eating so much peanut butter like peanut butter is the source of me not feeling well and it isn't peanut butter that makes me not feel well it's the amount that I was eating it was because I was binge eating peanut butter because I thought that that was good for me right because I thought that I didn't need to feel bad about myself as long as I ate something that wasn't bad for me or that was good for me. And that practice, that that habit kind of became something that was a real problem for me. And it was a, a really dark cycle that I was in. So I started a practice during my health coaching classes. I learned about it and I started implementing it. And it's called habituation. And this means that you give yourself unconditional permission to eat whatever the quote bad food is right so for as long as it takes you to stop moralizing and stop fixating on that food you have unconditional full permission to eat it as much as you want because when we assign foods as bad or good and we create these rules around these labels You unintentionally give that food power and more significance in your life, right? So what I was doing was I was telling myself the chocolate is off limits, the chocolate is bad, and if I eat it, I am also bad. I'm a failure and I won't ever be healthy if I eat this chocolate. And this was giving that food power over me. It was giving it the permission to control my thoughts and control my actions. Because as long as I was saying I couldn't have it, it was what I was thinking about all day. I would wake up, my first thought would be, no chocolate today. Even though I was thinking no, I was still thinking about that chocolate as soon as I woke up. The day would go on. I would be thinking about it throughout the day. As the afternoon got closer, the craving for it got got more intense. And then in the afternoon, I would eat so much of it that I felt sick. And that cycle continued day after day after day. It's like that Olivia Rodrigo song that's so popular right now when she's like, sing you tonight, it's a bad idea, right? And it's like she is giving him and their relationship power over her. It's moralizing her choice to see him as a bad thing. She's bad for seeing him. Her choices are bad for seeing him. And the more she says it's a bad idea, right? The closer she gets to saying whatever, it's fine. And then she goes all in. She goes to his house. She spends the night, whatever. The more we tell ourselves that we can't have something, the closer we get to just going all in, eating so much of it that we end up feeling sick potentially. Our body deserves to have its needs met. And the effect of permitting yourself to eat as you need and desire, it may end up surprising you, honestly. Again, this is a 
practice called habituation. And it works because the more that you expose yourself to a food or a flavor, the less interesting and appealing that it becomes, right? So you you keep telling yourself something is off limits and and it's so interesting. It's like whenever you're in high school and, and your mom says that you can't date that one boy because he's bad, right? Like, so he's off limits. So now it's almost like, ooh, he's exciting. I wanna have the thing that's off limits. It's the same thing with our food. And the more that we eat these foods that we think are off limits or that we think are bad, the the less we are going to fixate on them. So you tell yourself you can't have the chocolate. You spend all day thinking about the chocolate. You fixate on how good it will taste and keep telling yourself, it would be amazing if I could have this, but I can't. I can't have it. And when we remove that limitation, we remove the feelings of deprivation and longing and hunger, and we remove the fear around that certain food as well. I had a client that I worked with earlier this year, and I used habituation to help her heal her relationship with chocolate the same way that I had done for myself. Her situation when she came to me was very similar to mine, so I was well-versed in how I was going to help her through this. She loved eating this one particular chocolate candy bar that she found at the store she'd buy it and then she would hide it because she was so embarrassed that she had bought it again and then she would end up eating the entire candy bar at once and she would have thoughts like if I can just eat it all right now and get it out of the house I won't be tempted by it anymore and I know so many people do that so many people start a diet or they say that on Monday they're gonna start eating healthy so over the weekend they're gonna eat everything in their house that they consider bad so that they can get it out of their house and not be tempted by it anymore. Well, if you've done that, then you know, and if you haven't done it, then newsflash, that does not work. She would end up feeling so guilty for having eaten it that later that day or the next day, she would just find herself thinking about the candy bar again and wanting another one. It did not matter if she told herself getting rid of it and having it out of sight, out of mind. That doesn't exist here. We, we don't treat food that way. So I challenged her to eat some of the candy bar every single day for two weeks. Just a a square or two of the candy bar every single day for two solid weeks. And I told her, give yourself full permission to eat this chocolate. Two weeks later at our next session, she logged on and she told me that she did what I told her to do. But by the end of the two weeks, she didn't even want the chocolate that much anymore. When we give ourselves permission, full, unconditional permission to eat the things that we enjoy, they honestly become a little less exciting to us and we stop wanting them as much. We begin to have less fear around them because we've been eating them and eating them in small amounts each day and look, we're okay and actually we're better now because we've been eating them. So again, that practice, it's known as habituation. And when we eat the things that we said we just weren't allowed to eat and they become less glorious to us, in the end, we end up eating less of them. One of the biggest struggles that everyone is facing right now is the price of everything being so high. Groceries are expensive, gas keeps going up, and it's impossible to have enough money to pay for everything. That is why one of my favorite websites out there is Thrive Market. 
Not only does Thrive guarantee the best prices on all of their food and deliver it straight to your door, they also have the highest quality foods on the market so that you get all of the healthy foods that you love at a lower price than in any store. Some of my favorite items to purchase on Thrive Market are Element Drink Packets, Primal Kitchen Dressings, and all of my favorite snacky foods. They even have a Thrive's Gives program where teachers, nurses, first responders, and students get a year's membership for free. Buy brands that you can trust while also saving yourself time, gas, and money by using my link in the show notes to get 40% off your first order. Okay, so the title of this episode was A Guide to Stop Overeating and Beating Yourself Up Over It. So habituation is a really great way to stop overeating and stop feeling that desire and that pull towards something that we just shouldn't eat. That's the beating yourself up over it. But let's dig into a few more things that you can do to decrease that problem of overeating for yourself. So the biggest reasons why people overeat is because one, they're busy, they get in a hurry, and they don't take the time to eat until it's too late, they're starving. Two, they don't eat enough during the day. And three, they end up saving the best bite for last. So let's talk through these things a minute and brainstorm some solutions to these common pain points. So the first one again is they get in a hurry. They're busy, they spend the whole day doing other things, and they kind of just like let life get in the way. And food is their last priority. So they need to rush to the next thing so they don't take time to eat. And they end up missing their fullness cues once they do sit down to eat because they've spent the whole day not eating. They're starving by the time they sit down. So they just eat and eat and eat and eat so fast that they're not taking time to really be mindful with their food. So a few solutions for that problem. One, take a break after every few bites. So it doesn't have to be like every single bite, but take a few bites and then put your fork or your eating utensil down and ask yourself if you're still hungry. If yes, pick it back up and eat some more. And if not, then just push your plate away. If you're at a restaurant, cover it with a napkin, ask for a to-go box. If you're at home, go on and remove the plate from the table. You can go sit right back down, remove the plate from the table, maybe even go on and put it away, put it in the fridge. That way you're less tempted by it, right? Another thing that you can do is meditate on your food. And I'm not saying like sit there and be like hmm into like thinking about your food or anything like that. I'm telling you to take time to notice how your food looks and how it smells before you eat it. Take time to really absorb what what's the texture like when it, if you felt it with a fork or you felt it with a spoon, what would it feel like? And then when you put it in your mouth and you move it around, what's it like in there? What's the texture of it while it's in your mouth? How does your how do your taste buds react to the food? Do you and truly take time to taste the food in this way. Truly take time to understand what your food feels like and tastes like and smells like and looks like because I promise you when you spend more time allow allow your taste buds to really taste that food then you're going to need less bites of it so if for example you go out and you and your friends or your husband you order like a slice of chocolate cake 
and you're saying, I'm just going to eat three bites. Sure, have your three bites and allow yourself to really taste those three bites. And if at the end of three bites you want a fourth bite, have the fourth freaking bite. But allow yourself to really meditate on that food and taste it and feel it and really get to know it before you swallow it. Mindful eating can be the first step towards slowing down and finding true peace with your food. When we combine mindfulness practices with positive food experiences, then we create positive food associations. So for example, if with that chocolate candy bar situation that I was talking about with my client, she had negative food associations. She loved that candy bar, but it was bad for her. It was off limits. She needed to hide it. And every time she had to eat it, she had to eat it in private. She had to eat it so quickly so that no one else could see her and so that she could get it gone before it was tempting her again, right? So she had all these negative food associations. Whereas if you take a situation where you are out to eat with your friends and you guys decide to order a dessert and you each get some bites of this dessert, you're having fun, you're laughing with your friends, then the next time you go there, you're going to think about the positive experience that you had with that dessert and you're going to feel better about about ordering that dessert again, about having it again. While on this topic, I want to mention something that is another common issue that I see, which is eating while distracted. So if you like to like sit down in front of the TV with a bag of chips or eat while scrolling on TikTok or whatever it is, that's going to lead to a lot of overeating one and even bloating and discomfort as well because you're less likely to chew your food well. So you end up swallowing larger pieces of food, making it like harder for your body to digest it again, which leads to bloating and discomfort. So I encourage you to do something, which is put your phone away. Don't don't sit down on the couch. Sit down in a chair and truly be present with a meal. Have one meal this coming up week between now and the next time you listen to this podcast where you eat distraction-free. I'm talking no television, no phone. You can go sit outside and admire the nature. You can talk with the person that you're sitting with, but limit the mind-consuming distractions like TV and social media so that you can be more mindful with your food. Now the second common thing that people do that leads to overeating is not eating enough during the day. So I can't tell you specifically how much you should be eating because every person does have different needs. That's a practice that I mentioned in my last one called bio-individuality. But I can say if you find yourself very hungry every single like afternoon into the evening and nighttime and you can't seem to stop eating, you eat one thing and then that leads to getting something else and leads to getting something else, then you likely need to eat more during the day. So some solutions to this problem are eating a breakfast and a lunch, not just any breakfast and lunch, but something that is well balanced. And I've talked about this in many of my previous episodes, but a balanced meal, especially for breakfast, includes high fiber carbs and protein. Fiber and protein are key to lasting energy and and reduced hunger. So my advice for you here is to start eating a breakfast and it doesn't have to be right when you wake up. 
And it doesn't even have to be, I prefer that you eat it within 30 minutes to an hour of waking. But if you right now never eat breakfast, then start slow and work your way up to eating breakfast more often. And at an earlier and earlier time, maybe you just eat 30 minutes earlier than you normally would and begin working your way up from there. But having something that has a lot of fiber and a lot of protein is really going to allow you to feel less hungry in the afternoon so that you're not coming home feeling like, oh, ravenous raccoon who needs to eat all the things right like if you have that uncontrollable need to go to the pantry and eat everything in sight whenever you get home I encourage you to add more protein and more fiber eat breakfast make sure you're eating a well-balanced lunch with veggies and protein and fiber and carbs all the things Now, the third reason that unfortunately so many of us do and I, I don't know why I think for me I mean, I don't know why. I guess it was just part of our culture. I don't really know. But saving the best bite for last is a really common thing. And if you struggle with overeating, you don't know when you need to stop, especially if you're somebody who feels like you have to clean your plate and you are doing this, saving that best bite for last, I encourage you to stop doing that. I encourage you to start eating the food that you know that you would save room for first so that by the time you get to the point of feeling full, you're already satisfied. You already had the thing that you wanted. Now, again, I know that this is really common, so if it's something that you struggle with, I totally understand. It's something that I definitely used to struggle with as well, but what I started doing was I started eating what I wanted the most on my plate first, and I might save like one bite, and then I started putting into practice the first thing that I mentioned here, which was putting my fork down between bites. So I would eat most of what I really wanted. I would put my fork down, evaluate how hungry I still was. I would eat a few more bites of the other things on my plate there's still like one bite left over of the thing that I really like the most and then each time that I asked myself am I still hungry I would allow myself to ask am I hungry enough for more food or do I just want to eat this last bite of the thing that I love most and then stop eating and eventually I got to the point of really getting very familiar with my hunger cues and understanding when I was full and how to stop eating prior to the point of feeling like I was you know sick like a lot of times people will say oh I ate too much I feel sick I can't move I feel like I'm wobbling like all those things you're walking out of the restaurant you see people just like wobbling out of the restaurant right like the the reason for that is because they didn't take their time they didn't enjoy their food now a little extra aside right here I was talking to someone recently and she mentioned that she eats to avoid tasks and I call this a procrastinate eater and I, I am very familiar with this person because I too eat to avoid doing things especially things that I don't have any desire to actually do I am a procrastinator in general, and I don't necessarily always eat whenever I'm procrastinating, but I do always procrastinate, and it's something that I'm working on not doing. And I often find myself reaching for a snack as a way to avoid getting something done. If this is something that you do too, here are just like a few ways that you can avoid doing that. 
The first one is to make a to-do list, right? So that's kind of obvious and one that I'm sure that you could have guessed. But having a to-do list, a physical list in front of you, just helps you keep track of the things that you have to do. A lot of times, at least for me, I find myself procrastinating because I feel so overwhelmed with the amount of things that I need to do. For example, I woke up this morning at 5.16 a.m. and had a running list of things in my brain that I was like, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do that. And I could not go back to sleep. And then when the day started, I didn't get any of those things done until like 11.30 because I was procrastinating because I felt so overwhelmed by all the things that I had to get done. So I wrote down all the things. I wrote down when each of them needed to be done by, and then I prioritized them. The one that needed to be done most recently, I got that one done first, and then I worked my way from there. Another one is to take baby steps. Break down each of these items on your list into small, manageable steps so that the task seems less overwhelming. For example, for me, making a podcast, and one of these episodes, I have to figure out what I'm going to make the episode about. I have to write the script or at least do an outline for it. I have to record it. I have to edit it. I have to upload it. I have to write the show notes. There's a lot that goes into producing each one of these episodes. And so one of the things on my brain this morning when I woke up at 5 a.m. was the podcast. And it felt so overwhelming to me. I wrote down each of the little steps that went into making the podcast. And All I had to do was say, okay, I'm just going to do this one thing. This is one thing today. So today I wrote the script. And when I got done writing the script, I was like, no big deal. I'm going to go on and record it because I, I have the energy to do it. I have the time to do it. I'm motivated. So I went ahead and did it. It felt way less overwhelming because I knew that was just one of the steps off of it. Now I can move on to the next step. So taking it in in small doses and breaking down those big overwhelming tasks into little bitty tiny pieces, that's also what I do with creating healthy habits for my clients is take those big goals and I break them down into little bitty tiny things. Another one, another thing that you can do to eliminate this procrastination, procrastinate eating, whatever it is that you struggle with, eliminate the distractions from your space. So for me, I walked into my office this morning and there were post-it notes everywhere. My phone was buzzing all over the place and I, I could not concentrate on getting done the things that I needed to get done. So I asked myself, what pulls my attention the way I'm most? Which of these things is the thing that's really bothering me? And for me today, that was my phone. It's usually my phone. And so I turn my phone over. I put it away. Sometimes I even put my phone in a different room so that I'm not tempted to look at it. That way I could just put my head down, focus on getting this thing done. And then once some of these things were checked off my to-do list, I actually ended up having a really productive day today. Give yourself a pat on the back. Allow yourself to feel good about the fact that you got a lot of stuff done. Is my entire to-do list checked off? No, it is not. But I feel really good about the things that I did get done today. And I'm going to reward myself, right? I'm going to go outside. I'm going to sit out on my front porch until I need to be at my next thing. And if you are somebody who really struggles with procrastinate eating... I challenge you to do one of these things. Make the to-do list, break down one of your items into a tiny baby step, get rid of of the distractions, do one of the things on the list, and then ask yourself, am I still hungry? Do I still need to eat right now? Do I still want that thing that I, I was gonna go eat to avoid doing this task, or am I okay? Like, was I actually hungry or not? 
All right, loves, that was a short and sweet episode. Sweet, haha. I love a, I love a good pun. Somebody put a pun on one of my TikToks the other day, and it, ooh, it was a Croctober pun, and they said, what a super way to start fall. And I was like, wow, that is so adorable. Love it. I was like, are they trying to steal my heart? Anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you, please send it to a friend. Have somebody else listen. Maybe tag me in a post on your Instagram stories or your Facebook stories stories. And also, please leave a review or a rating down below, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Leave a rating, leave a review. It means a lot to me. It really helps the show grow. And yeah, I love you guys so much. I'm so thankful that you are here with me, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you again next week. And always remember, the more you know, the more you grow.